0: The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denaina Athabascan people.
1: I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries and just went digging for gold. And I will scale the highest mountains, looking for the bluest blue. But of all
0: Welcome to the Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. Billionaires have been in the news a lot lately. The world is watched as Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos have raced to see who would be first in space. And Elon Musk, who has yet to launch himself out of Earth's atmosphere, heads the leading private space company, SpaceX. These billionaires have been criticized for their choice to use huge amounts of money for minutes in space when the Earth and its people are in crisis due to COVID-19, the effects of global warming, and the threat of widespread famine. Two names you haven't heard in the billionaire battle for space bragging rights are Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. It appears that neither the Oracle of Omaha or the Microsoft founder plan to slip the surly bonds of Earth. One other billionaire name you might not know is Chuck Feeney. Feeney attempted a feat that might be harder than traveling to space. His project cost him everything he had, and it's likely the reason you don't hear about Gates and Buffett racing to space. Feeney, along with co-founder Robert Miller, started the airport retail outlet Duty Free Shoppers in 1960. The business was a huge success, making Feeney billions of dollars. Yet in the fall of 2020, Feeney was on the daily cover of Forbes.com under the headline, The Billionaire Who Wanted to Die Broke Is Now Officially Broke. Feeney pioneered the concept of giving while living, in which the wealthy give away their fortune while alive rather than endowments after their death. Feeney's goal was to give it all away, except for two million he retained for he and his wife to live on. Over 40 years, he gave away $8 billion through the organization he set up for this purpose, Atlantic Philanthropies. By the time the report Zero is the Hero was published by that organization in 2019, Feeney had given away 375,000% more money than his current worth. Put another way, after giving it all away, Feeney kept 0.025% of his fortune. Both Gates and Warren Buffett refer to Feeney as their hero. Back in 2009, Gates and Buffett were among a list of guests at a dinner party hosted by Feeney at Rockefeller University in New York. After the meeting, inspired by Feeney, Gates and Buffett announced the Giving Pledge. Today, that effort has seen 210 billionaires join Gates and Buffett in committing to give away at least half of their net worth. In fairness, Richard Branson and Elon Musk are on the list, but Jeff Bezos is not. Back in the 1960s, inspired by the NASA program and the race to the moon, many kids grew up wanting to be an astronaut. The billionaire space race of recent years is an echo of that space craze from 50 years ago. But what if the story of Chuck Feeney giving it all away became the story that inspires the youth of today. What if rather than wall-to-wall coverage of momentary weightlessness, the news was filled with the unburdening of millions of dollars by billionaires like Gates and Buffett? What would it look like for local business leaders to follow in the steps of Chuck Feeney and practice a selfless version of philanthropy? One early Anchorage pillar did just that. His story, after the break.
1: And And I have dreamed of faraway places where imagination just gets lost. And I would search the wide world over for one proverb that is true. But of all the roads I'll ever walk, I just. We
0: are taking a break for just a moment to let you know about an exciting project. All during this season of the Anchored City Podcast, we are exploring places in the city where things are or are becoming the way they're supposed to be for all people. During the months of September, October, and November, we're partnering with Kaladi Brothers Coffee to hear from you about what would make Anchorage the way it's supposed to be for all people. We are asking the question, for Anchorage to be the way it's supposed to be for all people, I imagine. How would you answer that question? Here are a few things people have imagined. Housing for all, not just for those with money. Mental health care for all. Healthy civil discourse. Kindness. And an education system that is earth-aligned, intersectional, and interdependent. There have also been some less serious answers, like an indoor beach, more dancing and music, or oat milk lattes every day. To share what you imagined, stop by a local Calati Brothers Cafe and look for the posters explaining the project and the chalkboards where you can record your input in eight different Kaladi Brothers locations across Anchorage. Go to anchorageutc.org slash all people for participating locations. Can't make it to a cafe? No worries. You can share your thoughts by going to facebook.com anchorageutc. Responses will be gathered and presented to Anchorage decision makers for their consideration. Please join us in imagining an Anchorage that's the way it's supposed to be for all people. For more information, go to anchorageutc.org slash all people.
1: And with all those lessons learned, with the crazy long life that I lived already. And the scars I earned, I still can't seem to find. But loving you just once was worth it, even if I, I
0: can't Friday, July 13, 1962 was Z.J. Lusack Day in Anchorage. The celebration was held on his 80th birthday and included an Army band concert on the City Hall lawn at 2.30 p.m., with a birthday celebration in the same location at 3 p.m., including the mayor declaring it Lusack Day. A young people's reception would follow at 3.30 p.m. at the Anchorage Library organized by the Girl Scouts. At 4 p.m. there was an adult reception in the City Hall Chambers hosted by the Anchorage Women's Club. And finally, a reception and dinner at the Commodore Room of the Anchorage Westward Hotel. That event was put on by the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce with Elmer Rasmussen as the Toastmaster. The Anchorage Daily Times also included this interesting little tidbit. From the City Hall lawn, Mr. and Mrs. Lusack will be taken to the library building. The short trip will be unique in that it will be by special automobile used by Army generals for reviewing troops. The Army is offered to loan the special Jeep to the community for this auspicious occasion. It is constructed as to permit the occupants to stand erect and in the open as the car moves. The Jeep has never before been seen within the city limits. Pictures of the event show a smiling Lusack signing autographs, addressing the crowd on the city hall lawn, receiving awards, and serving his wife, Ada, cake. Nearly 60 years later, Zach Lusak's day has largely been forgotten. But being forgotten was the point in the first place. Three days before the event, the Anchorage Daily Times ran a story on page two with the title, Celebration to Prove Lusack Not Forgotten. That article opened with the question, has Anchorage Forgotten Z.J. Lusack? The paper noted that old-timers may think it's impossible to forget Lusack. but noted on the same page in a different article, Local citizens have expressed concern upon the discovery that many of their friends and neighbors did not know Lusak, having come to Anchorage to live since he retired and made his home in Seattle. Lusak himself had a long journey to Anchorage. Born 30 miles from Moscow, Russia in 1882, as a young man, Zach was expelled from a prestigious engineering school for reading Marxist literature, which was viewed as participating in revolutionary movements. He quietly slipped over the border into Germany when he learned that the Tsarist government was looking for him. In 1900, at age 18, Lusak landed in New York City. Unable to speak English, he landed a job making deliveries for a pharmacy in a Russian neighborhood on the Lower East Side. Soon, he learned of the gold rush in the Klondike and the kid that spent his days delivering drugs to sick people soon had an illness of his own, gold fever. In 1901, Zach set out for Alaska, but ran out of money in Great Falls, Montana. He worked at a pharmacy there till he could afford to return to New York, where he enrolled in college and studied pharmacy. In 1903, he secured work as a pharmacist in the drugstore of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Four years later, during a chance encounter with visiting senators from Nevada and Washington, his desire to go west was rekindled. He made his way to Seattle and then to Nome, but his attempt at mining in the Arctic failed and he was soon back at the pharmacy counter in Seattle and then San Francisco. In 1908, he took a pharmacy job in Haynes, Alaska, until he heard about the Iditarod Gold Strike in 1909. He left and set up a drugstore in the boom town in Iditarod in 1910. When the miners began leaving Iditarod in 1911, Zach left too and returned to San Francisco, where he worked for the Owl Drug Company. By 1913, he was in Juneau, running the Juneau Drug Company on Front Street. In 1915, the Knick arm caught his eye. In 1916, he traveled to the tent city and soon reunited with a friend from Iditarod. The partners bought a plot in the new city at 4th and D Street. Lusack built a pharmacy and his partner a men's store. Soon the store in Juno was sold, and Zack began to focus on Anchorage. Lusack began using the slogan, We've got what you want when you want it, for his store. Along with the expected items at a drugstore, Lusack installed a record player in records so customers could hear the latest tunes. He had a vase of carnations on the counter, which he often gave to female customers free of charge. And during World War II, he installed a desk with free paper for soldiers and others to write letters home. His shop was also the first in Anchorage to import avocados. Evangeline Atwood noted of Lusack that he gained a reputation for being a wide-awake and progressive merchant. By 1937, Lusack was running a second store on the street level of the Anchorage Hotel Annex at 4th Avenue and E Street. The new location was a modern affair with large display cases and state-of-the-art lighting. This location offered merchandise carried by larger chain stores at a lower price. Zach anticipated the shortages of the Warriors and stocked up on items. Soon he had things available that weren't anywhere else in town. The store also featured free delivery. The business was a huge success, and Lusack was quoted as saying, I simply could not hire enough clerks to keep up with the business. Every morning when I opened the store, I was swamped with customers. And every night, we had to work late to stock up for the next day. The store wasn't the only thing Lusack was known for in the city. Lusak was also known for a daily column-slash-advertisement in the Daily Times called Lusak's Daily Gossip. He was also known to grub-steak miners and to throw huge grand dinner parties at the largest restaurants in town. He loved bird hunting, but didn't like walking through the mud. So he would sit in a blind eating chocolate bars and reading magazines. If birds flew overhead, he'd shoot. He was often as successful as the other hunters. A lifelong bachelor, Lusack got married at age 66 to Ada Harper. At the end of the ceremony, he forgot to kiss the bride, opting instead to give her permission to sit back down as he lit up one of his best cigars. Lusack's stores were very successful, and by 1939, Lusack was out of debt for the first time in nearly 40 years. The following years, and other business ventures, added to his wealth. While Zach's early life was a quest to make it big and be a financial success, when that happened, he was less than enthusiastic. He once told a friend, When money is hard to get, I enjoy working for it. But when it comes in bushel baskets, I lose interest. In 1943, Lusack sold both of his stores and retired. In 1946, he established the Lusack Foundation and endowed it with half of his wealth in order to fund worthy projects in the city he loved. Lusack said when he opened the foundation, The people of Anchorage have been good to me. Everything I earned came from here, and I want it to be used here. Today, two buildings in Anchorage bear the Lusack name. The first is at the corner of 5th and D Street the Lusack Sogan Building. Built as an apartment building and opened in 1947, it was a business venture between Lusack and the local doctor, Harold Sogan. At the time the building opened, it was the largest commercial building in Anchorage. The second building, you're most likely more familiar with. The main branch of the Anchorage Public Library is named for Lusack. Lusack gave the city $350,000 in 1954 to build the first public library. And while that building, which stood at the corner of 5th Avenue and F Street, is no more, its replacement, which opened in 1986, bears his name. The two buildings are a fitting memorial. The first a business venture, and the second an act of generosity. These two buildings reflect the two lives of Zach Lusack, the businessman and the philanthropist. When Lusack retired, he threw himself into the community building and charity work he loved. He was called by some the chairman of almost everything. During his life, at one time or another, he was the president of the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce, the Anchorage Times Publishing Company, Pioneer Lodge Igloo No. 15, the Rotary Club, and the Western Alaska Fair Association. He was a member of many organizations, including the Alaska Yukon Pioneers, Elks, Knights Templar, Masons, Shriners, Pioneers of Alaska. Territorial Board of Pharmacy, and the Zionist Organization of America. He founded and was the first president of the League of Alaskan Cities and served as a trustee of Alaska Methodist University, now Alaska Pacific University. He was the Anchorage chairman of the War Bond Drives during World War II, and Lusak was a two-term mayor in Anchorage in the late 40s and early 1950s. Lusack's civic engagement and philanthropy left a legacy. Evangeline Atwood, in her book Anchorage, All-American City, written in 1957, said, Lusack's memory will live on in the hearts of future generations, not because of the private fortune he amassed, but because of what he did with that fortune. The youth of Anchorage will enjoy untold opportunities through the Lusack Foundation. He was the first Alaskan to share his wealth with his hometown. Others have taken their wealth to the States when they've retired from business. Around the time of Lusat Day in 1962, the Anchorage Times reported that Zach had, in fact, endowed half of his personal wealth in the city. Chuck Feeney gave away nearly every dollar of his multi-billion dollar fortune and has inspired over 200 billionaires to commit to giving away half of their wealth. It's an inspiring story of generosity. But the idea of giving away half your wealth was pioneered right here in Anchorage more than 60 years earlier by Z.J. Lusack. Lusack, who arrived in Anchorage when it was still intense, built a business and grew with the city, and in the end, gave back half of his wealth to the place that he loved. What if more businesses and business owners took this approach? What could Anchorage or the world look like? In our next episode, we'll hear from three Anchorage businesses following in the civic-minded footsteps of ZJ Lusack. I hope you will join us. Until next time, I'm Joel Keeganfeld. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for our partner this season, Kaladi Brothers Coffee. Kaladi's is a catalyst for community. Stop into one of their 17 cafes in Anchorage, across Alaska, and in Seattle, or check them out at kaladi.com. That's K-A-L-A-D-I.com. We are also grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission and a partnership with Street Psalms, both of which contribute to making this podcast possible. And we are grateful for you, Our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and recommend us to your friends. You can support this podcast by selecting the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative at smile.amazon.com when you shop at Amazon so that when you make a purchase, Amazon donates to us. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchored City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the Collaborative is to train the head, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lutner.